Hello, fam, and welcome to another amazing episode of Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. So we have another special guest. She has been here a couple weeks ago, and we had a very insightful conversation. And during our recap, she mentioned what she does in her professional field as a physician. So I was super excited to bring her back in the house tonight. But before I read a little bit more about her, my name is Kiva Lernese Murdaugh, and I am a coach, the CEO, and, and founder of Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdaugh Show and Podcast. So we're going to go ahead and get the show started because I want to tell you that we have a lot of information to discuss and a lot of myths. I want to dispel some myths and also have her to drop some practical things that we can implement as women and for those um, individuals that are wanting to lose weight. So our title tonight is Your Weight Matters. So that title alone should let you know that we're in for a treat tonight. So who do we have in the house tonight? We have Dr. Angela Harden Max. She is back. She is back in the house. And Dr. Angela is a proud CEO and founder of Live Great Lives LLC, which is a women's empowerment coaching, but she's also a physician. Called to Inspire has recognized her as one of the top 50 empowered women empowering other women. She has been featured as an obesity expert. So this lady comes with not only the expertise, but the knowledge. So she knows what she's talking about. She does this day in and day out. So she is, she's is. she been featured as the obesity expert in not only print, but also in television. She has made appearances in X, X the Expert on WXYZ Detroit, Channel 7 News, and several other appearances in Black Magazine as the columnist Ask the Expert. She has published two books, Honey from Heaven, and also Pictured Your Great Life, 21 Principles and Reflections for Great Living. And she is a proud graduate of John Hobson University, as well as Wayne State University Medical School. So ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and grab your girlfriends, those individuals that you know has some questions are not really clear on what we need to be doing to make sure we get our lives in order, okay? Go ahead and gather them around because I promise you, you don't want to miss this show. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Welcome to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. We hope that by the end of our show, you're left feeling empowered, motivated, and connected. So come on in the room. Grab your favorite drink. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Because you're finally at home. At Kiever's place. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back. Dr. Angelo, welcome back to Kiever's place. How are you? I'm great. Hello, 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 coach. It is so good to be here with you again today and your audience. I tell you, I am super excited. Thanks for the invite. You are so welcome. Like I was saying before your introduction, we were recapping your previous um, 
appearance on the show and we just started talking about what you do as a physician and i was so intrigued just by just the conversation that you and i had so i'm super excited to have you back and so that we can really dive in more with that but also be able to educate our audience more about women women health and also weight so tell them a little bit more about you Yes, yeah, so I'm excited to be. I want to let you know I have a power outage, so I am broadcasting from my car and I'm at the track. So I wanted to come to a place where there's a lot of energy and also some inspiration. If you see some young people jogging, this is the perfect backdrop for tonight. So I'm Dr. Angela Harden Mack, and I tell you, to be a physician is my dream career. I've been doing this for more than 25 years. I trained in internal medicine and pediatrics and practiced both before specializing in obesity medicine. And I've been a specialist for the 12 years, for the past 12 years. So my official title is obesity medicine physician. But again, a user-friendly term is weight management specialist. So I help individuals to understand how the body manages weight, to diagnose, to treat, to talk about the therapies, and also help individuals to understand not only weight loss, but weight maintenance, and talk about prevention as well. So lots of great topics under that category of weight management. I love that. So let's just dive right in. First of all, in your line of work, and we're just going to keep it focus on women right now. What are some of the challenges you have seen when women come to you with losing weight? Because let's be honest, that is something that most of us, I won't say all of us, because some of us are really blessed, but most of us really struggle with. So what are some of the you know hurdles you see that's really um, inhibiting some of these people from losing weight? Exactly. One of the things that I always like to do when I'm talking to a group about weight loss, I say that I'm leading with compassion. I think that's one of the key things because the weight journey, the weight management, the weight loss journey is one that's complex for a lot of people. And there can it can be uncomfortable. It can be scary. It can be one where a lot of individuals have tried and tried and tried again. So I lead with compassion. I like to bring the energy. I like to, I may even crack a few corny jokes because I want this to be light. I also share with my audience that I have a goal that you will leave feeling hopeful or or inspired, but also you will learn maybe one thing or have a greater understanding of one thing because this is about talking about myths and helping, we're talking about women tonight, helping women to understand that it's real. The struggle is real and there are some challenges and hurdles. So there is a weight story. If you have lost weight, and you have had a plan to lose weight. And if someone has made a comment about your weight, let me put both hands up because again, you know, I lost weight before and someone made a comment. So if you have heard a comment that someone said about you, about your weight that wasn't positive, or if you've had thoughts, that's your weight story. That's part of the weight story, the weight journey that many of us have. So I want you to be inspired. I want you to be hopeful that there are some things that are available. I also want you to know that your journey, your story is individual. It's unique. When we are looking at resources for weight loss and weight maintenance, it's easy for us to say, well, my girlfriend did this, right? My sister, my coworker, and we are hopeful and we are hoping that what worked for her will work for us but that's not the case many times. You are unique. You are a creation in 
you know, just one of a kind. So your body and the reasons for the weight gain, the reason for the weight loss or slow weight loss are probably very different. Many of those things can be different from other women. So your unique journey and then your plan will be unique for you. And let's talk about that because there are so many, you know, um, commercials and advertisements on mainstream that is talking about, you know, when when they talk about weight, they focus everything on like um, eating habits, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the other uh, challenges people may be faced with that that can make it difficult in losing weight other than eating habits. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to uh, share with people, let's think about two broad categories. Let's talk about the behaviors, the lifestyle things that we do and eating will fall under that. And then let's talk about the biology. And I use that mm -hmm. just as a very user-friendly term to describe all of that technical science, all the geeky stuff that we do, right? And as doctors, we have to get all that geeky science stuff and then we have to explain it in a way that that makes sense for you that's user friendly you know to, for me to go and for us to talk about real complex stuff it doesn't make it just not is not helpful but i have to put it in a way that every day you can go and do that so for the behaviors what we eat right that's important there isn't just one plan that is going to be the right fit for everyone whether we're counting calories whether we're timing what we eat whether we're doing meal replacements there are a list of things that will fall under that it's about going through an analysis or an eval to look at what has the potential to be the most helpful for you. And hunger, emotional eating, being satisfied, those are some other things to go along with that. And those are some of the topics I review with patients when we're going through that initial eval and then the follow-up appointment. So it's not just simply, oh, eat less, move more, right? If that were the case, honestly, most people wouldn't have a, a challenge, right? They wouldn't have a problem because it would be a matter of cut back your calories or cut back on this and exercise more, but more to it than that. Exactly. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was actually one of the myths that I wanted you to address tonight, because let's be honest, and this is something that, and I'm just going to keep it 100% transparent. I'm going to mm -hmm. keep it real because this mm -hmm. is exactly what we're talking about tonight. And mm -hmm. You know, me personally, I have struggled with weight for the over tw 20 plus years, mm -hmm. but I have a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that stems from hormonal mm -hmm. rather than, well, you know, some of it's lifestyle too, but mm -hmm. add hormones to that and add, you know, just, there's just so many biological things that, that can also attribute to difficulty losing weight. And that's what some people don't realize. And we really, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight, because if you're not careful, you can fall into a, a, a mindset of depression over weight loss or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And that's why, you know, one of the things I like to say early on to individuals, weight management, how the body handles it is very complex. It is not simply a matter of how many calories you take in and how many calories you burn. That's important to know. And there are times when that may be the thing that we have to focus on. The individual may need to adjust, you know, rebalance or as the individual offering the support, health coach, weight loss coach, physician, et cetera. We focus on that. 
But when weight change, whether it's an increase in weight going up or a decrease, when it is not as straightforward as balancing your calories in and calories out, then that's when it's important to, we look at the broad landscape, right? Hormones, that's a real broad term and there are a number of things. So what are the other things that are playing a part for this particular, you know, when Sally is there, Miss Sally is in front of me, Miss Jane, you know, Miss Samantha, it's an individual thing. And as I'm listening and going through the history, we talk about other health things. We talk about the past experience. How many you know, times have you been on a weight loss plan or diet? What has given you results? What did that look like for you? What was most challenging? And so PCOS or polycystic, that's one condition. Diabetes, prediabetes, there are a number of things that are important to consider. And again, as a physician, as a specialist, again, this is what I do. This is what we do as physicians who specialize. We have that training, that expertise to bring that into it. It's not just about nutrition and exercise, but again, as a physician, I'm looking at the entire picture, the entire health landscape for the patient. I love that. I love that. If you are just joining us, I have in the house, Dr. Angela Harden Max. She is the obesity expert and we are talking about everything weight matters tonight and i wanted to acknowledge a few people that is engaging with us tonight Fertina kirkendall said good evening beautiful and she also indicated dr angela that she mm -hmm. is an emotional eater and there's some of us that are emotional eaters so thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Emotional said. eating and that that is so important. We eat for different reasons. I can I tell you, ladies, we are touching on again my jams. These are some of the topics that we talk about lights, bling, 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 bling. They just go off. And I've done community lectures, you know, for patients that we talk just about emotional eating. Food is an important part of our social fabric, right? We eat to celebrate. We show love. Isn't it nice when you come home and someone has a hot dinner for you or a hot okay. breakfast or you go to brunch? Food is important. What has happened is that as we have evolved, especially let's say these last, you know, three or four decades, 30, let's say 40 years, we have created this love-hate relationship with food, right? You know, we say, this is bad for you. I can't eat this. So when you're losing weight, I cheated and I did that. And we create these scenarios where we literally, we like food, but when we eat it, we go, man, you know, we feel shame, we feel guilt. And if there is the emotional eating part or component of that, that can be another thing that has to be addressed. Sometimes people eat when they're stressed or anxious. Sometimes people don't eat when they're stressed or anxious. So it depends. And if an individual is eating because the act of eating is soothing or comforting, you know, that's helping the anxiety or the mood swings, you know, to a degree, but then that comes into the Oh my goodness, you know, I'm eating. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be eating this. I could eat this. Oh, I ate my donut, right? Instead of my vegetable, or I want a steak that I eat too much. And it just creates and it can create this spiral that mm -hmm. continues. So thank you for letting us know about the emotional eating. Like I said, that's a whole nother jam that I could talk about. I tell you. Mm -hmm. I know, right? Eating as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. We need to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. She also mentioned thyroidism. And there are so many people that are struggling with that. Can you um, give us a little bit of insight about yeah. that? Yeah. All right. Okay. So the thyroid gland is one that we all have, and it sits right here at the base of the neck. 
all of the body is constantly working to regain balance. So whenever something happens in the body is too much of something, the body wants to rebalance it. So to make it even, if there isn't enough, it wants to rebalance. If it doesn't notice something, it wants to say, hey, you know what is here and vice versa. So when we talk about the thyroid gland, which is right here, it releases hormones that play a part in a lot of systems in the body. So when the thyroid gland is underactive, it's not producing the amount of hormone that it should produce. There can be symptoms related to that, like weight gain, like constipation, decreased energy, dry skin, hair loss. There are a number of things that can be associated with an underactive thyroid. When the thyroid is overactive, producing more than the uh, body needs, just the opposite can be experienced. Diarrhea, weight loss, difficulty sleeping. You know, people may have tremors and because of the body, instead of resting like this and being steady, there can be tremors. Heart rate can be increased. So in theory, what I say to people in theory, when an individual has an underactive thyroid and we can see that by testing, there are particular type of blood tests that we can order. And if the level is in a certain range, that is consistent with an underactive thyroid, there are medicines, prescription medicines that are available through a doctor that an individual can take and we prescribe and we prescribe to a level for the patient that in theory is going to be the best dose and we follow up at certain times to repeat the blood level. So when the blood test is in the normal range if an individual has had some weight change, and this honestly isn't often, people think it's one of the main reasons, but it really isn't. Mm -hmm. But if an individual had some weight change because the thyroid gland was underactive, in theory, when the thyroid medication dose is at the best level for the patient, the weight may change a little bit. It doesn't happen often, and, and if there is some weight gain associated with that, I've seen patients maybe 10 or 15 pounds, but again, you know, they've gained some weight, and the thyroid medication is at the dose that it should be, and there may be a change. So like I said, it's, it's a little bit more than what I can go into here, but I want to say that if the blood test shows that the dose of the medicine is at the range, it's possible to see a change. If it's not the change that someone things should happen, there are some other things that the doctor will discuss or review to explain, you know, or attempt to explain the changes and what things are taking place. Does that help? Mm -hmm. that yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Um, I also want to address, um, Tiffany's mother says, hello. And she also shares and that she has fibroids okay. and they have caused her abdomen to be distended and also okay. caused a host of other issues. And we know that fibroids can be problematic uh -huh. um, and it can also contribute to weight gain as well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So. Okay. So this is where I'm like, I'm really going in my deep dive doctor hat, right? Okay. So fibroids are in the uterus, the womb. And so fibroids, can have symptoms related to it other than what's happening in the womb or the uterus. 
And what it is, the womb, it has muscle tissue. And as the fibroid gets bigger, it can actually make the belly get bigger because the uterus is big. Instead of it being this real small right here in the belly, as the fibroids get, get bigger, then the uterus can get bigger. Mm -hmm. If the fibroids are getting to the point where there is a lot of pain, there's a lot of bleeding, the belly is getting bigger because the uterus or womb is getting bigger in that cavity, that's definitely the time if you haven't already had discussions with your physician to talk about treatment. So just as an aside here, there is a non-surgical treatment for fibroids that can be very important. If you haven't heard of that um, or if that hasn't been part of the discussion with doctors, that will be real important to talk about. And there's a Dr. Lipman in Atlanta. If you Google him. And if you uh, do some things um, on like Instagram, his clinic, he's in um, Atlanta, very important. So there is a non-surgical treatment for uterine fibroids. When we talk about weight gain, and again, especially from the medical standpoint, we're talking about the body is storing more body fat. Body fat mm -hmm. does a number of things for all of us. And one of the things is that it is the container or the storage for our energy. So when there is an increase in the amount of body fat, that can result in weight gain. When there are other things in the body, an enlarged uterus, someone has swelling in the legs, someone has a condition where the belly is getting bigger because of fluid. These are all, these are other types of medical conditions that yes, can increase weight but it's not the same as having more body fat and again that's where as I a see. doctor we're talking mm -hmm. to the patients and can help them to understand what is going to be the best plan for the weight gain and then if the patient needs to talk to other types of doctors to address the uterus to address the fluid to address some other things then we want to make sure that we help the patient go in that direction. I see exactly what you're saying. So in other words, just because you may have a condition such as fibroids, you may experience that weight gain, but that doesn't necessarily put you in that same category of obesity or gaining more fat. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So let's dispel some of these myths because we know there, there are quite a few myths surrounding weight. So one of them that I want to talk about is obesity is about willpower, not biology. And you really touched on it a little bit early on when we were talking about, you know, um, the fact that losing weight or going on that healthy journey can be more of biology instead of just willpower. So tell us a little bit more about this particular myth and then we'll move on. Yep. So willpower, again, I want you to put that on the shelf. Don't don't think about, oh, this is willpower. And one of the myths, I know we talked about that, coaches, when people say, oh, you can just do it on your own. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like telling somebody who has diabetes, oh, your blood sugar just kind of regulate itself. Or telling someone with depression, oh, just kind of get over it. You know, these are mm -hmm. things that people just don't get over. If you have moderate to severe depression, no, you just don't get over it. There are some things that we can do as the medical community to help, and it's very important. An individual with diabetes, a blood sugar 300 is not going to, you know, fix itself. 
So when we talk about weight management, are there some things that the individual can do, the behaviors or the actions? Yes. Can the individual think about the food choices? Yes. Can we plan? Can you plan what you eat? Can you cut back on portions? Yes. Those are things that when you have updated information and support can help you to make healthy choices. What happens in the body with the hunger level and feeling satisfied and the body helps regulate weight, those are things, part of that very complex you know, set of things I mentioned in terms of the biology or the chemistry. Those are things that we don't have a direct, I can control and, and, and take it over. So mm -hmm. if your weight change is one that is straightforward, that's a term we use in medicine, not straightforward, meaning it's very basic. Maybe, you know, you had some weight change, you had a new job, you're exercising less, and you can clearly pinpoint, I'm eating in a way that's different, exercising, then there can be some resources to help adjust. But when it's not that clear cut and straightforward, we're talking about some other things and it's not about willpower. Okay? Mm -hmm. Awesome. What about the one where you need drastic exercise plans in order to lose weight? That's another one I hear a lot. You know, if you exercise more, you will lose weight. What mm -hmm. are your thoughts about that? Exercise. So this is a great place. I think I want to because I want to hit this real fast. So there are three categories of therapy for weight management, and the goal is what combination is the most helpful for you, the patient or the individual. Category number one is lifestyle. So what you eat, your amount of exercise, and then our behaviors. And everyone should have those three, regardless of how much weight you want to lose and get going with that. Category number two, prescription medications. And there are reasons when the medicines can be helpful. And then category number three is metabolic and bariatric surgery. And that's very helpful. So exercise is important for us all. We all should be moving for overall health and wellness. And there are guidelines that suggest how many minutes per week we should exercise. Some individuals find that weight loss, the body may be more sensitive or responsive to exercise. And sometimes you can see this. Some people can just change what they eat and not really move more and they may lose weight. And I say, great. Some people may find that if I change what I eat, but I don't put in more exercise, the results are not as great. So as a goal, and again, you can Google this, you can go to CDC, you can go to some other health websites as adults we should aim for 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise. And it'll go and tell you what that is. So for an individual who's not getting that amount, when you start with weight loss, you gradually over a period of weeks build up, getting to that 150 minutes per week may be helpful and may be needed and um, productive for weight loss. But sometimes individuals find that greater results with weight loss may be present when they exercise more. It doesn't have to be you know, three, four, five hours a week. And I'm leaving this mm -hmm. open so that people don't go, oh my gosh, you know, it has to be three, four, five. Uh, no, just a level, begin with a level that is more or higher than what you're doing at this time. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, mega hours or amounts of exercise mm -hmm. per week. Awesome. Now, I know that you had a couple of myths you wanted to talk about tonight too. What are those you want to share? Uh yeah, I think we talked about uh, carbohydrates. That's one that that you know happens often. Oh my yes, goodness, I carbs. can't eat, eat eat carbs. So mm -hmm. carbo carbs is short for carbohydrates. And what has happened? The industry, you know, we didn't wellness and some other things didn't give enough information. Carbohydrate sources are vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, whole grains, and dairy. Mm -hmm. 
So if an individual wants to look at a plan that will adjust the amount of carbs, it's important that if you're talking to someone, make sure they give you the entire information about carbohydrate sources and you have a good resource because if you aren't aware that vegetables and fruits have carbs, you may tell, hey, I'm going to cut back on my carbs, right? And cut out some sweets or cut, cut down some other things, but you're still getting an amount and we should be eating vegetables. So I would say, make sure you have the total information about carbohydrate sources. And if someone is explaining it to you, for them to be very clear in terms of what is the goal and what is the daily target in terms of carbohydrate intake. So it doesn't have to be that you have to go super, super low, like 25 or 30 grams a day. And that's not going to even be the best for everyone, but it's a range that can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. One other one I want to... um get your insight on is when doing my research preparing for the show i saw in some instances they were saying that fat like like eating more mm -hmm. fat can help mm -hmm. you to lose weight but it also help you to gain weight so and i know that the keto diet is very popular right now so mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of insight about fats yes so we all need to eat some fat. And this is one, like you said, there's so much information out there. I say, take the general and then you have to do research and talk with people. Just like tonight, I'm giving information. And we, I want to make sure we're aware of that, Coach. This is information to inform you and to educate you. This is not medical information. And this is important. Anything changes that you need to make or want to make, you need to talk to your medical provider. Fat is an important part of our dietary intake. And if you are thinking about cutting back, that's where meeting with a registered dietitian or talking with your physician, someone who has that knowledge can help you. So it's not about cutting everything out. Mm -hmm. When an individual, and I like to keep it real simple and user-friendly for my patients, I say that let's talk about making it plain. If you're eating the recommended amount of vegetables and fruits, for example, and you're cutting back on fried foods, et cetera, I didn't say cut them out. I said cut back you are going to decrease the amount of fat intake because you're eating healthier portions of fat. So if you are balancing and getting vegetables and fruits and whole grains and you're eating lean cuts of meat, your fat intake is probably going to be lower than you think. So you may not need to make these, you know, major, major changes with that. And that's important to note. If you have any question, that's where that dietitian can really come in handy to help you with that. Keto diet is one particular type of diet where the daily carbohydrate intake is reduced and there is a range. So the keto plan focuses on not only cutting down carbohydrate intake to about 20 to 25 grams of carbohydrates per day, it also focuses on increasing the daily fat intake. That's one way to do it. And that's not the plan that's going to be honestly the best for everybody. Mm -hmm. You can, an individual can cut back on carb intake without following that fat intake recommended by the keto way. And there still can be some great results. You got to do your research. You have to get up-to-date information and talk to someone who is experienced in that to help you understand, you know, the whole fat and the carbohydrate and that part. But you don't have to increase fat. You don't have to drop carbohydrate intake that low to still get really great results. I love it. And Fachina Kirkendall asked, um, with the keto diet, that is protein over overload. 
No. no. I'm glad we're talking about these myths, right? Yes. Yes. So, th yes, that's why it's important to get the up-to-date information. It is not protein overload. I get these mm. questions, honestly, a lot, and that's why I'm glad I can talk about that. It is not protein overload. We have numbers in medicine that we can talk about, like a range. And so for each individual, many adults, we need, we're talking about minimum really 60 grams of protein per day, but really for a lot of people, 80 to 100, that's not overload. So number one, I would encourage you, let's take the overload out. <laughs> we want to talk about adequate protein or we want to yeah. talk about optimal protein. So I give my patients numbers because it's very important. So again, if when you do your research and you're looking at plans, minimal 60 grams of protein per day, 80 to 100 grams of protein can be common. And that is going to be important. So it's not, a, and not, it's not an overload and it's going to be just what you need if you have the right information. Does that help? It does. Thank you so much for clearing that up because I have heard that it's a it's a protein overload and an overload on fat. So you have really done a great job on explaining that, you know, it's really a numbers game is what I'm hearing you, you know, say. And that is very important to get in contact with your physician so that we can have a better understanding of what your individual body needs in order to make sure that you are moving in the right direction. Yeah. Because yeah. anybody, um, like uh, specifically, if someone has, like, for example, a kidney problem, if someone has to monitor their protein, they're under the care of a specialist and some other things. So, right, and for this, we're not talking about someone who has kidney disease, heart disease, you know, monitor that. Though There are dietitians connected just with that. So, um, if that is your case, again, always check with your provider. Don't make any changes based on some information you've heard from an info, you know, session like this. You want to check with your healthcare team. I love that. I love that. And she did stress this is for informational purposes mm -hmm. only. She's mm -hmm. not giving you any medical advice. This is mm -hmm. just for information purposes only. So we are just giving you all of this information so that you can gather it up and mm -hmm. take it back to your own medical team to figure mm -hmm. out what you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we want to make sure that the people out there have a good understanding about that. But I wanted to ask you, at what point should we seek medical professional help in getting our weight under control? Because we know there's a fad of diet out there. And like you said earlier, we see what our girlfriend's doing and that works for them, may not work for us. So at what point should we look into seeking that medical professional help? Yes. I, you know, I, I encourage and I applaud people. If you start some things on your own, I think that's great. If you start to eat healthy, start to exercise in a way that's not going to cause you, you injury, that's great. And if you want to do something for a couple of weeks to see how results are perfect, if you're not seeing some results and you think the plan that you have is not giving you the results, that's a great time to go and get help. It could be a registered dietitian. It could be um, a wellness coach that they can be helpful to get some information to go from there. If your medical history is such that you have a lot going on, you have diabetes, you have heart disease, you have kidney disease, the more medical diagnoses you have, that's when it's going to be important to talk for to a physician because your medicine, some medicines may need to be adjusted as you're on your weight loss journey. 
Mm-hmm. So the more complex your medical history, maybe the higher the amount of weight you want to lose. And if your history is such that weight loss has been very challenging or slow or weight regain has been common, these are all things that could help you to decide, yes, I want to go ahead and seek help from a physician. It could be your primary doctor or it could be one who specializes in weight, like me, a weight management specialist or an obesity medicine physician. I And I just appreciate your profession so much because you had mentioned earlier um, a couple of options that people can look into to make sure that they're getting on their healthier you know, journey. And one of them is medication. And there are some myths behind taking prescribed medications for weight loss. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Medicines are, I'm talking about prescription meds. So number one, these are available only through a physician's office. Anytime we prescribe a medication, we go through a process to evaluate what medication is this? When is it best or appropriate? We call it medical indication or reason to prescribe it. And then we go through that. Do I need to change the dose? How often do I monitor the patient? And honestly, sometimes patients really forget that we're physicians. Sometimes patients will come to the office and ask questions or think, oh, I should just come in and get this medicine. No, we go through our due diligence with these just like any other medicine. Medicines may be appropriate at the start of the weight loss plan. It could be in the middle when you see some soaring and plateau. Some people don't need medicines at the weight loss journey part, but they may benefit with medicines at the end when we talk about maintenance. So again, it's not a you know blanket straightforward. Everybody will get the same medicine at the same time, but we evaluate and go through that. Some medicines are covered by insurance, some not. Some medicines, the older ones are pretty you know affordable. They can be like $20, $25 a month. Some of the newer medicines like Saxenda and uh, Victoza, we're talking about $1,000 per month if there's no medical coverage. So it's really like if it's covered, great. But if it isn't, you know, for medicine that may not work, that's going to put it on the shelf, right, for a lot of people. And I agree. I wouldn't, you know, I would be like little, you know, you say heads in the go. Is it, if it works, it's great. But really knowing that insurance coverage is important as well. I love that. And in the in the cases where they have done all of that, they have tried the medication, they have followed the plan, mm-hmm. and it still doesn't work. There's a surgery option as well. Yes. Tell us the uh, different surgical um, options for them. Yes. So as I mentioned before, medication will be what I call category number two for therapies. And then surgery is number three. Um, surgery is, we consider it when an individual has a moder- moderate amount of excess weight. And we use the BMI to talk about that. So when the BMI is 35 to 39, that's what we call moderate or stage two or class two. And when it's 40 and higher, that's class three. So we're talking about an individual with that moderate amount. And especially if there's a goal to lose more than what would be like 20% of the weight or their health conditions where that individual will benefit from that um, amount of, of weight. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm sorry, my, my where I am is going out. So let me go real fast. So when the BMI is at least 35, it's appropriate to consider is very um, helpful, is very appropriate for having um, a weight loss that typically tends to be about 20% or more. Their numbers and the team will go over all that with you. The amount of weight loss tends to be greater compared to if an individual didn't have it and the ability to keep it off can be longer. So when you go to the surgical program, the office, they often have slides and often have presentations that walk you through the specific types because there are different types and we have 
indications when we feel that this particular surgery will be the most helpful for a patient. So that information is there many times. The information ser um, sessions are free. I don't think anyone is charging for those. And you sign up for it and, and you go through and look at it. So all those questions are answered either through a PowerPoint or the document actually come on screen and go through that. So um, there are any number available. And I would encourage you definitely go through that. You can watch it you know, more than once and it goes through the um, information. They're, they're really great. I love this. If you are just joining us, we have Dr. Angela Hart and Mac in the house tonight, and she has been sharing so much information on weight, weight loss, and the different options you have in your arsenal to be able to get healthy. So Dr. Angela, we're going to drop your contact information. And if you're wondering, family, why she is in the dark, she had a power <laughs> outage, but my girlfriend is still here. She is pushing through. She is um, transmitting from her vehicle. So I just want to say thank you so much for just pushing through and staying the course. You have really, I believe, has opened a lot of eyes. You have dispelled a lot of myths and we just greatly appreciate your uh, professionalism, your expertise, and just your, you know, pers your perseverance to just push through even in the middle of a power outage. So I just thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, and I want to make sure because I, cause I, I'm, I'm plugged everything up, but I don't know what's going on. So I may just have a couple, you know, uh, bars left anything you want me to like, you know, do real fast in case we get cut off, because I want to make sure that you got your value tonight. And, you know, I'm serving the people. I don't want to leave anything on the table in these last couple of minutes. Not a problem. I'm going to go ahead and drop all of your contact information. I just want you to just give us your final words. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to get in contact with her, I'm going to go ahead and drop all her contact information right here on the screen in case we lose her. Okay. Mm -hmm. So definitely reach out to her, but any final words, Dr. Angela, you have been such a joy and such a pleasure having tonight. So the floor Thanks. is yours. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to serve. Your weight story is unique. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that there are resources available and that your weight matters. Weight is important for overall health and wellness, and there are resources available. So reach out, get up-to-date information and resources, and there are obesity medicine physicians, there are weight management programs staffed by physicians all over the country. So you can Google, you can look at professional associations. And so there is help available, compassionate, patient-centered, comprehensive care available. That's what we do as weight management specialists, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, you're welcome back to Kiva's Place at any time. You be safe out there. I love you much. Thank you. And if you ever need me, I'm just a phone call away. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Good night. Amazing. Didn't you just enjoy her? Oh my gosh. Definitely reach out to Dr. Angela. She is on IG, Twitter, Clubhouse. Just go to Angela HM Speaks and connect with her. If you are not sure where to get started, like she just said, there are resources right where you are, right where you live. So don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid, just like she mentioned earlier, you don't have to go through this journey alone, okay? There's help out there. And 
it's more than willpower, okay? It's more than willpower. There are so many other components in while you, while, why, excuse me, you may be struggling during your weight journey. So reach out, don't be afraid, ask for help, seek help. There's help available out there. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed our show tonight. I don't know about you, but I am so full. She has really dropped a lot of information, information, information. So take it as that. So until next time, family, continue to share, connect, and glow because we know building your network also builds your net worth. So thank you all for tuning in and watching. I love you so much. Peace and blessings. Good night. Thank you for watching Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. Tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kiever's Place. To be a guest on our show, text the word guest to 803-368-3030 or visit us at tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place book and watch us on apple tv roku and amazon fire as we're broadcasting in more than 60 million homes worldwide